0: Hi, I'm Mandy, and I'm Heather, and this is our producer, Kayleen. Hi there. We're so glad you're here. Here's the thing. You have uncomfortable storylines in your life. We are creating a space for vulnerable storytellers to open up about growth and refinement. You deserve the same relationship with Grace, because it is so much more than a Bible buzzword. Welcome to Uncomfortable Grace. Hi, this is Mandy Capehart, co-host of the Uncomfortable Grace podcast with Heather Converse. I want to take a moment and introduce this next episode, Grace and the Muchness, featuring Amy Kaufman. This last week, Heather and I had a chance to sit with Amy and talk about what it's like to be such a big personality in every area of your life. Amy is an influencer professionally and personally, and being someone with so much character and so much love to give does not always go over well, and it certainly has not been easy for Amy to navigate relationships and really figure out who am I and how am I showing up. The story came up as one we wanted to share because recently, Amy was also a featured speaker at Women's Fight Night, which is a grassroots, non-denominational Christian women's organization that I host here in Southern Oregon. And as women share their stories at Women's Fight Night each month, it's pretty typical for some of the audience members or listeners to get a little uncomfortable and find some, you know, stuckness in the vulnerability of others. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's kind of an incredible thing. It's a really good place to be. There's a theologian and author named Peter Enns who recently reminded me of just this. He was responding to someone on Twitter about a negative feedback review they'd received for a book they'd written. And he said, I always find it to be a very good sign when a certain percentage of reviewers take this dismissive kind of tone. It means that there are people who need to be discomforted by your work, and they are. Here at the Uncomfortable Grace Podcast, we are not afraid of really difficult conversations, maybe conversations that challenge the status quo. And Amy's story is one of learning how to live a life that might challenge others and still finding a place called home inside yourself and in your faith. So without further ado... Here is Grace in the Muchness featuring Amy Kaufman. Let me just tell you, today I uh, our kitchen lights are those recessed like um, can lights, and they keep burning out. and We're not sure why. And today, another one burned out, and I had loud music in my ears, and I was frustrated and walking through the kitchen. And I looked up at him, and out loud, I said, Josh was listening, but I said, I wish they would just tell me when they're going to go out. So I could find a BB gun and shoot them out instead, and at least get some kind of satisfaction <laughs> from that. And he was like, "Pause, pause, wow, pause. wow. oh, she's talking about the light bulbs." And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, without context, what do you think?" The neighbors. He's like, mm-hmm. "Yep, that was my first thought." I'm like, "Holy <laughs> wow, okay, so context is important." I need uh, to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I was
1: just talking to the gal that says to me. And I'm like, context is important. I was oh reminded my. her of that. Today. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, no kidding. It's,
1: those you, like the creatives, I love how they function and they operate at that level of being able to like take a statement, but be like move into different margins throughout the day. And yeah, it's entertaining.
0: Oh, it totally is. I immediately thought, you know what? That's an amazing sentence for like this ambiguous gray um, morality kind of character in like a spooky novel. You just don't know if it's a good guy or a bad guy. And then they come out with some comment. Like if I knew it was coming, I would have shot at it. What? <laughs> I'd watch Whatever. that. Whatever
2: movie that
0: is. I'd watch it. I'd watch. I'd love yeah. that. James Patterson would probably write it and it would be very, <laughs> Phenomenal. Good. Anyway, that's, that's my exciting story. That's that. So you're like
1: twins that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Saying yeah. your
1: you humor. Yeah,
0: that is true. I'll yeah. try to tone it down. So Amy can shine tonight. Cause this is not about Amy. us. Amy Kaufman.
1: Okay. We're just so trying is, to let you get your thoughts together. Like, yeah, if I get my
0: thoughts together, they won't I'll be. Like,
2: yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I and Mandy knows this from Fight Night. Like me trying to plan it out, I was like, "I this this is not me at my best." <laughs> this was you at your
0: being refined. It yeah, was that was
2: that was me, that was Cliff Notes, and yeah, that was that was growing right there. Yes, it's
1: only That's getting funny. better, sister. It's only getting better every single time. So, <laughs> Mandy and I we were at the winery, and we were talking about how she had interviewed you previously was a fight night Mm -hmm. and or you got to
0: spoke it got to spoke (laughs) words were saying i done got to (laughs) spoke and it was delighted sorry
1: anyhow (laughs) yeah like you didn't get to finish your your conversation that's just what i felt in my guts like you had a lot more to say
2: there was a lot to unpack with that
1: Yeah,
2: and and the interesting thing was is that the aftermath that came, and I had and Mandy had told me to kind of watch for that hangover, and I told her that there's no hangover. I'm like, if anything, what's what I had talked about with my fears with her is that people were continually to prove me right, and it was it was it was I don't want to say validating. But it was, <laughs> it you had some like
0: expectations,
2: just... yeah. Like, I was like, they just they didn't disappoint as far as like a, the standard of expectation. Yep. I was like, yep, then like they met
0: that and they went yep. a little bit above and beyond, they exceeded it a little bit. I was like, okay,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I think it's really interesting the way that you just framed that. Normally, you yeah. would say, I was nervous, I had some fears. And those fears came to actualization and you framed it as I expected something to happen and what I expected happened. And you don't, you didn't couch it in this, um, hesitant anxiety position. So I think that goes along with exactly why you said there's no hangover about what I had to say. I said what I said, mm, very but that's so. that, like guttural confidence oh. that's accompanied by, um, a lot of peace is very unusual. I don't see it a lot. Groundedness, I see it, yes, There's that's a groundedness. Yeah. I'm like, I'm looking for a word, and I can't find yep. it tonight. That's but what it yep.
2: It's so easy for people to like say that about me now, not uh-huh. realizing that it's still a growth pattern. Like nobody just wakes up one day and fully grounded, confident in who they are so much. That not only does it intimidate other people, but it makes them pull away from you, even though you have so much about you, like so much light, so much to offer that instead of bringing people into your warmth, they're running because they feel you as cold. So they mm-hmm. view it as cold. Perception is so interesting in this way. And
1: how old are you? Remind me if I asked you. How that? old am I? 37. Yeah, are I'll you be 38 30?
2: this year. Okay. Okay. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not even remotely done. Like this is just where I'm at in this season. Like, yeah, there's there's been a lot. That, I mean, there's even still so much like going forward. I haven't even scratched the surface on.
1: You're getting That's your crazy. like, you're getting your sea legs right now because I feel yeah, like at, I was like yours and Mandy's age when I when I was feeling that tension and that pushback, and then something there was just like just like this modification that happened in my soul, in my spirit, in my guts. To where now I feel like everywhere I walk, I draw those people in and I don't say a word. They expect me to be sassy. They expect me to rock them to their core. They expect that, that confidence to not only exude, but draw them in and envelop them and produce something from it.
2: That's good. It's also because like people have that, expi- like when people want to remember you in an old way, or they, they know that they know that that side of you is there. They know if I, if they hit that button or they trigger you that they know they can get that. But for me, it's like, that's where that's where evolved me takes over. That's where evolved me takes over, takes on the show because evolved me recognizes what someone is trying to do and knows that that behavior doesn't exist anymore
0: Mm.
2: because if, 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 old me runs the show, there are no friendships. There is no relationships. There's, there's nothing. I would be just an entity walking around because the world still owed me something.
1: A man, does like, that make you emotional in a, like, in a sense? Just well, yeah, it makes
0: like, me want to, absolutely yeah. it does. It makes me want yeah. to ask. So when, um, someone, you see someone coming and you're like, okay, that person definitely knows how to access old me. Uh, what does that look like? If you're oh. grounded now, where did you where are you coming from?
2: So it takes a lot, and and it's probably why I get exhausted so easily by people now. Where before I definitely was more naturally an extrovert. Where now I'm just I've recognized I'm more of an outgoing introvert. Um, <laughs> because when people demand that of you, what they're doing is demanding your time. Mm-hmm. They're demanding your attention. I don't have that to give on that level to one person, mm-hmm. maybe my daughter. Mm-hmm. And we all know even toddlers are going to test that patience, but like, she's also three and doesn't know any better. And mm-hmm. I can recognize I'm like this full grown adult is about, is, is about ready to hit the bell and we're going to go in the ring. But the difference is, is I'm not even stepping inside. Like I'm not giving them that, that mm-hmm. they don't get that. You don't get to go toe to toe with me because if you do, it's, it's end game. Like that's judgment day. Like yes. me going toe to toe with anybody is, is judgment day. Like it that is not yeah. for anybody on this earth. So yep. it's, so it just even, takes, it takes oh, a lot sorry. to pull back.
0: Sorry. Okay. okay. So even in that, um, recognizing that, your little girl is three and yet we easily recognize that same type of behavior in adults. How do you extend grace to the adults behaving in that, in that manner? Knowing of course you can set boundaries, you can set expectations articulating them, but we know if there is a, a core behavior or a a propensity to lean back toward a, um, just a familiarity with you, how do you extend grace to people that you would like to say, like, it's about to be judgment day. Say goodbye to your loved ones. It's over for you. Like. It's, it's about the, the quiet. Mm.
2: It's about being still in the moment because if, if you react right away, you're not thinking that's all, that's all, that's all mental. That's all like secondary emotion. That's anger, but like sit with it. Like marinate in it a little bit because yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna especially if somebody's like coming at you, like talking about your character, talking about who you are. No one wants to sit with that, but do it because mm. all the like what Sally says about Mary says more about Sally than Mary. Mm, like, totally. And for me, it's just like I'm gonna let you because you're gonna say all these things. And again, you're going to get to a point where you're just repeating yourself in different ways. And I've said nothing because I'm going to be the last one to speak.
1: Ooh, that's like my favorite. Like that. Just- like I'm going to be. Oh, yeah, you're so going to be quiet. Yeah, I'm going to hear all the
2: noise. Yep. And then it's like, and that's just it. When you, when you, the grace is taking it. The grace is but, like letting letting it come in, and you
1: just yeah. Nothing. That's what I was going to say. I think you're, when you're pervy. When you're privy to the noise, because I think the noise, I don't think everybody can handle the noise.
0: No, not at all.
1: <laughs> but when you're privy to the noise, that that's a challenge and an opportunity. That's where you that's where you where you gain the character. That's where you mm-hmm. gain the groundedness. That's where you gain that stillness.
2: It's it's funny because a lot of people when when they've been in the same room where let's just say someone's coming after me and they're like attacking me with words and they want to say all these things about me and whatever they don't like, whatever I did, whatever that looks like, there have been people sitting in the room with me and they're like, when you went quiet, that scared me. And it should, it should, because the fear of what's to come, people don't know their fear is the unexpected. What's she going to do? She going to freak out. She going to yell. She going to throw fish. She going to flip tables. Like, what is she going to do? And it leaves people on the edge of the seat. And where the shock factor comes in and where people uphold that perception of you, that you can maintain yourself in such a respectful way is the silence and then speaking softly. Mm-hmm. And it's not giving your enemies your, your level, like you when you can yell, it's not about elevating your voice and allowing them to do that, like, or giving them any time, be like, what I'm about to say will be short, hard, and fast. And you probably won't even realize it hit you. And because tactical. Yes, very. Cause, cause when you're the last one, people have already said there's their piece. Now they're operating out of emotion and they're just, they're so tied up in it. And you're just sitting there like, you, you done? Are you done? You're like, so you're just waiting. You're just waiting for it. It's like your opportune moment and you know, it's coming. And then you're just like, I'm good, sis. <laughs> I'm not sorry that you feel that way because your emotions are validated and like they are yours, Yeah, but you're wrong. Yeah. I'm not sorry
0: about it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I'm I'm going to backtrack
0: us a little bit because, in a surprise to no one, the three of us dove in incredibly fast and (laughs) have so much incredibly good stuff to say. I think it's awesome. But I also want to just kind of set the stage and say, Amy, you've become this person who is grounded. You've told us where you started from. But what we don't, our, our listeners don't know anything about you. So, why don't you? give them a little bit of a picture of who you are and why this expectation of table flipping and fire and ha ah, I will come for you attitude. Like what is the precursor to le- that led us here? Who is, who was Amy and who is Amy today? Fundamentally like, yes, like bring it
1: down to. Yeah.
0: Um, old Amy
1: was
2: insecure, angry, um, looking and searching and grasping at identity like a false identity I should say I was looking I was looking to maintain a false identity because if people knew who I really was, if they knew my heart if they knew me for me um they wouldn't want to be my friend they wouldn't want to hang out with me or relationship wise they wouldn't want to date me if they knew like how weird and awkward and nerdy I could really honestly be like it was it's always that pushing of the fear so Instead of allowing people to see me as that, as trans- full transparency, yeah,
1: um,
2: it was so much easier to put on many masks, many faces. Yeah. And I did it well. I did it really well um, wow. to the point that it's almost like a compulsive liar. You just start to believe it yeah, and then you live that life. It's kind of crazy because it evolved me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's not like a honey badger thing where, you know, where I just don't care. Cause I do care. I yeah, care very yeah. deeply for people. Right. I do. And like, and it's, it's not selfish to say, I do care what people think about me, yeah, but it's not going to affect you. me so much that I lose sleep that night.
0: Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah,
2: I am a, a one woman hype squad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I just, so is Heather. She's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're getting shirts made.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But it's I'm ra- I'd much rather hype somebody else up. But man, sometimes it's,
2: and sometimes, sometimes it really is hard to hype somebody when you know that they're just looking for a reason to bring you down.
0: Hmm. Whatever, you for
2: whatever their reason for that.
1: I, let me tell you this: it's not intentional. There, there. It's it's not intentional. I feel like people all day long will affirm your skill set. Your how and they will recognize how fabulous you are from afar they will do that but they will make no qualms about having an agenda and writing on your coattails and figuring out their game because we're like hyper intuitive people right so they engage on that level but when you are like a man like when you guys are like the way you guys are you recognize that take no offense to it and and you set the bar a little higher without without a word people are always they're doing that and it's it's not directly for your demise it's not entirely to sabotage you it's not it's not it's not mean or any of the things they totally believe they have good intentions yes but they will always when there are people, as an um, incredible as the two of you I don't say that lightly there's not ever gonna be a shortage of people that recognize that in you and you and you and you can't be on the defense you have to be in the offense constantly absolutely how oh,
0: so, Amy, one of the things that you said tonight triggered something we'd talked about previously. I seem to do you, that a lot with you. I know. Well, we have a long, lot a of long triggers. Yeah, you guys are triggered. Like- That's not the word I should have used. It- muse, muse, <laughs> trip to memory. Um, we were talking about exactly this when you're coming into a position where you realize I'm I'm hitting something for this person, and you know we're talking about the muchness. I. Helped you find this word because it describes you so well to me of carrying a muchness into situations, whether it's an abundance, and really it just means an abundance, right? So I see oh. you as carrying abundance into relationships, into environments at work, environments in family, and knowing you're gonna come up against people who don't understand what it means to carry abundance without expectation, or mm-hmm. up again up to people who. Um, are still kind of spiraling around that need for security and certainty. Um, so they look like enemies. We know they're not, but how do you then honor your enemy in the process of growth? As you continue forward, as you show up in these places, how do you go on and honor them without like extending grace to them? But how do you honor honor them as you are growing beyond where they're at? When they're so like, hey, actually stay here.
1: Misunderstood, like essentially being misunderstood, mm-hmm, yeah. and then stepping into that. that. Is that what you mean? Yeah.
0: No Good paraphrase. No, I said yeah.
2: <laughs> this I, I'm using one specific person in my mind, sure, as an example, and to still honor someone who looks like an enemy, is you still show up for them. Mm. No, no, like here's a really good analogy. Have you ever gone into a store, like a retail store, and you know the difference between good and bad customer service? But let's say you go full Karen on somebody.
0: Okay. Apologies to the Karen's. It's not your fault. Apologies to the Karen's. My mom's name is Karen. My My mom's name is Karen. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: let's just for like, and then you recognize that the employee has a an edge to their voice. But everything they're saying is, I will absolutely still help you. I will get right on that for you right now. I will drop everything I am doing to show up for you. They're not saying you're wasting my time. You're being rude. You're being mean. So they're going to call customer service and they're going to be like, your employee was so rude. Customer service is going to be like, what did they say?
1: Yeah. Sure. I'm the retail employee. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And that's, and that's
2: kind of what I do. It's, it's not about having an edge to my voice, but there's an edge to my actions. So when I have somebody like that, like I'm going to still give you a shout out. I'm still going to support you. But if somebody directly asks me, I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to talk about you. I just change the subject. Mm. (laughs) I don't have to justify like why I have, a rocky relationship to anybody, because that means I'm involving people who aren't directly involved.
1: Mm.
2: That's where issues kind of start is because somebody wants to hear the drama, the gossip. They want, they want in on it. I'm like, why, what do you gain from that? Nothing. And you're really going to perpetuate the situation and make it worse for me because I'm the one who's got to carry that cross. Not anybody else. Yeah. Like that's my burden and the other person's like whatever they choose, but no, I don't, (laughs) <laughs> I just, I, I, you have to choose to not get involved at once at
1: a, at a certain
2: level and recognizing what that level
1: looks like. That's not a muchness. That's, that's like a, like Mandy express. That's like this version of responsibility.
2: I think to, in order to carry yourself in that such a high regard, you have to be responsible yeah. for your own actions. Yeah. Like you have to own who you are every day. You make choices every single day and you go to bed every night. Did I do, do I deserve to go to sleep? Do I deserve to get this rest? (laughs) And it's just, but like the hard part is, is that I'm so powerful in my, my movements, my actions, my words is that people can't tell a difference of whether or not I consider them an enemy or a friend because you're going to get the exact same treatment. Like it's, it's no different. But you're going to notice when you are a friend that they're. So what is does it look like love. if somebody
1: does gain your yeah trust? The trust is like a factor there. That's is what I think. I'm op- for
2: me, for me, like when when someone fully has my trust, yeah, that means that I know I can sit down with them and it's okay to be vulnerable mm-hmm. with an enemy. You, they don't have that trust because you can't sit down and be vulnerable with them because you you know they're going to take it and use it against you later on. So it's like you yeah. can get vulnerable to an extent, but how much are you willing to offer somebody knowing that the end result is not in your favor? So, and I think that just comes with like more or less the 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 boundary setting. Like when you recognize people are going to get those triggers, you're going to give them so much before that boundary stops. And you're like, and this is where we this is where we part ways. Like this is where the conversation ends or whatever that looks like. I stopped giving people authority in my mind a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And I think you said it
0: really well when you said that, you know, it comes down to boundaries and that's um, that the ability to execute boundaries is one thing like cutting people off saying, no, you don't get access. You can't come over or I'm not returning your phone calls or I'm blocking you on Instagram, whatever it is like boundaries are one thing. Gently enforcing those boundaries without dismissing the person is quite another. And um, I feel like that is where we all struggle. I feel like we are in our minds, experts at setting boundaries. In a sense, there are people, you know, who are like, what's a boundary? I've never met her in my life. Boundary. I hardly, I don't know the joke. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) But we don't have a lot of practice with it. And as someone who uh, has always carried themselves with a big expectation of here I am, take it or leave it, right? Right. Even though, of course, you you are concerned about what people think and what they're perceiving. And I think that's just that tender heart that doesn't want to walk into a, a room and necessarily hurt people. Now, you might have in the past not cared if you hurt someone, but to know how to implement boundaries, where did you learn that? Is there like a story that goes along with, oh, I understand the concept of boundaries and here now I must enforce said boundary or perish.
1: Wow. I
0: don't don't think it was any kind of like
2: direct situation. It was, it was like multiplying where you hear the same thing about old you
0: when
2: you're, you're, when you're in growth, Mm. um, people like, well, you were really rude. Like you were really mean to me. And they bring up an instance where I was. And in the time of, in that time, I didn't think I was wrong, but I was their enemy. And Mm. It's usually in your, in your youth when you're making mistakes, but you make sometimes mistakes that affect other people. Like you essentially are their child, their trauma. Right. And it's when I started to hear that about myself a lot. Um, and it was never positive, even though like Growth me was all about positive and all about learning and growing and walking those valleys. The hard part was, is that recognizing that the valley I was about ready to head into was humility. Mm -hmm. And taking a step back and letting these people who I had hurt use their voice and get their time with Mm -hmm. me to say exactly what I had done wrong Mm -hmm. and how I had affected them and how it affects them to this day and honoring the fact that it was probably really hard for them to confront somebody that they have held onto this anguish for for so long. Right. It was yeah. om- it'd was it be almost unfair to me to be like, well, you hurt me now by saying this because they've been carrying that hurt far longer than my few minutes of pain of right. them telling yeah. me what I did. But when you start hearing that over and over again, you're like, wow, <laughs> I owe a lot of people some apologies. And I will never get the opportunity for a lot of them,
1: but you can though, I feel like you're going to, I feel like you're going to live that out. You are continually, continuously <laughs> walking that out. And this is where we bring faith into the circumstances where we, we have to believe hope says that the importance of a relationship will bring that full circle right
2: mm. it's i it's it's on my list yeah <laughs> like how you have like a heart list you have like a, yeah. the actual list like a grocery list but like my heart <laughs> list is that like i will get the opportunity
1: yeah
2: to be face to face and sit across from the table with somebody and genuinely look them in the eye and say i'm sorry
0: yeah that moment what of I did reconciliation
2: was, yeah like what i did to you was wrong mm-hmm. and you don't deserve that um uh.
0: Yeah. Amy, I love how you said, I don't really have a right in this moment to take offense at them being honest with where they're at, because I think we as big personality humans are really prone to say, like you said, here I am. I have a lot to offer uh, take it or leave it, but it's really easy to dismiss it. Our, the muchness or that abundance of who we are is actually quite gentle and quite intentional when we, navigate with this with grace for ourselves into those relationships it's when we can sit and and not maybe internalize everything they say like maybe they don't know how to not accuse me of being manipulative. maybe my behavior was manipulative but that doesn't mean that I am manipulative now but I can acknowledge that my behavior and take still take responsibility without like dismissing how they're feeling or what they've walked through, To get to the point of acknowledging it with us, I, I think that is such a big deal because the way we hold space for people, even as they are trying to express a hurt speaks volumes more than our willingness to, you know, behave differently in future relationships. Cause it's one thing to be like, I'm a new me. I've, I've evolved. I've changed. I've grown. Don't worry guys. It's quite another to hear someone from our story come along and say, well, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but everything, every time you did this action, it was hitting me in a way that I've worked out in counseling by now, but I still want to talk to you about it. And that wisdom that we can actually walk through now in life is the ability to just sit quietly and say, please, no matter what my reaction is, don't stop expressing yourself. Because like you said, what you're feeling is so valid. It's so important. And I want to reconcile this as well. That's that's the value of, well, it's the pain and the value of being a person that lives so loud. It's loudly. almost like silent
2: healing. Totally just because like, you're not the one who's, re- I mean, you are in sense reacting, but like when you, when you sit and we talk and like, this was talked about at fight night, holding that space for people and presenting yourself as an offering. But what happens when someone presents you like to you, like you have to, do you receive it? And I think when you're on the receiving end is that when someone's telling you this, that or about you, whatever the, whatever it was, is that You don't recognize it in the moment because you might be feeling like, oh my gosh, like this is really intense for me to hear. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's healing a very small part of you that needed to be healed in order for you to continue on your growth. Like it's, it's, it's necessary and it's not, it's, it always cracks me up because you'll be walking down the street and people like, because you are so, I don't want to say proud, but you are so loudly who you are. And most people are very scared to be exactly who they are at all times, unapologetically. Mm-hmm. So their first reaction is to not only point it out, but to point it out to other people and, and paint a narrative that isn't necessarily favorable simply because they don't have that ability to do that yet.
1: I mean, you can feel and sense a lot of times um, the conflict that's going on but that's what we all admire and, and, and push towards, right. Is like having that visible conflict. So people can mirror, like you were talking about that pronounced vision of who, you know, you're supposed to be and trying to walk in it and not letting anybody, not letting anybody hijack you.
0: Mm. Yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, I think when you said, I can see the tension in you, I, yeah, in those moments, there are times where I'm just like, oh, so many things that I want to (laughs) say, that I want to engage, that I want to ask, that I want to talk about, but that's not my role. And it's really easy to assume that people who are talkative, outgoing, big personalities are always going to interrupt, that they're always going to have something to say or contribute. And I think the beauty of growth in this arena, is giving yourself grace to let somebody else get it wrong, or assume wrongly about you, or not understand you, or not be able to reciprocate holding space for you. Some people just aren't Holy. It's not hmm. even that it's like they're not on your level. It, that's dismissive. They are just not in the same head as you are, and they aren't you. And there's clearly a disconnect, and that's often a good thing. So, thank you. I. I appreciate that
2: <laughs> how do people use
0: levels uh i'm not sure why people i've never use i've levels. never understood that term and i don't like it
2: what is it I get what? on your level get on like, my level uh, get on my level yeah like talk um, about chopping somebody off at the knees and when they could be in a season mm-hmm.
1: of
0: growth oh yeah. totally that's good
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: don't know. I've, uh, I've, I'm not one for catchphrases. I try to catch them like six months later. So I don't have to like, (laughs)
2: like being late to trends.
0: I I don't, (laughs) I don't really like following the crowd so much. I'm like, all right, it's been eight months. No one else cares now. Sure. What's Twitter I'm in. Okay. Uh, actually I was like 10 years late to to that.
2: Take it as a short joke. Like, well, I'll never be on anybody's level.
0: Oh I'm my like, god! Maybe, maybe my
2: toddler, because she's about the only person I'm taller than from right now.
0: Yeah, where are the tiny hands? Wait, hang on, I'll, I'll get them. Uh, if you're not okay. lucky enough to be in our studio right now, our beloved Amy has tiny little plastic pretend hands <laughs> that she's <laughs> waving around. This is great. Yeah, they're clapping. little round of applause. Yep. Even the sound is disturbing. Okay, I have one last question for you. Hit me, Goose. Knowing Um, that you have navigated all of this, um, through the context of relationship and we didn't talk much about it, but knowing that you have a community of people around you that you found to be safe, that you found where you could ask questions. Um, what is one piece of advice you would give to someone else who finds, wow, I'm a really big personality and I don't feel like I have a community of people. Where do I start? Find your
2: first follower. Because it's very, like when you have a big personality, very similar, and Mandy will relate, it's, it's, it's hard because you, you really do have so much to say, you have all these ideas, you have so much to love and so much to give people. You just need your first follower Mm -hmm. because that's your true leader right there, because they're going to, they, most of the time, they're going to keep you grounded. They're going to hone you back a little bit and say, maybe a little too much for some money. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> they, they're they essentially part of your growth because they're put in your life right when you need them right when you're ready to like mm-hmm. make that step that's the key you have to be ready for this person because this person is gonna they're not really necessarily a best friend but they might be the friend you weren't expecting mm-hmm. and they they'll just like all of a sudden just be there and, you're like, and people ask you how'd you guys become friends and you're like uh I I don't, I don't (laughs) know. I don't remember
0: a time that we weren't friends. Yeah, I don't,
2: because they've just always been there. Mm. Um, And you'll know your first follower when you, when you meet them, like you'll, it's just, it's so easy for you to connect. You like immediately everything about you. It's like, they just know you. Mm. Um, And I don't want to say like, it's almost kismet, but I don't want to say like soulmates, but it, it does feel very purposeful. Like your relationship, like, and it's so easy to share back and forth. And I'm talking share all the shares, things that you probably wouldn't want to tell, like your mom or your spouse, like you tell your, your first follower friend, and you're just like, you're the first person I wanted to tell you're the, you know, you're the first to know. And, and that I feel like is huge for people with big personalities because it gives you a safe place. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You don't necessarily need a ton of people Mm -mm. because that eventually grows your first follower will, will adhere to that. Be like, oh, the, they, they'll introduce you to your community. They'll be like, well, this is my friend, Amy, you know, blah, blah, blah. They don't need to tell, they don't even need to come at you because this happened a lot too, is people would be like, can you just like tone it down? Could you not be you so much around my new friends? Cause they didn't want to have to explain what kind of personality I was after I left or they get those phone calls. Like they don't, they don't want to be responsible for my
1: behavior. But then there are some of us that do.
2: but that yeah, and there's and it's crazy because when when you have that first person, you all of a sudden you get introduced
0: mm. and
2: it's like it's like walking into a stadium and it's nothing but cheers and people who want to mm. be there who want to show up for you and who want to support you and
0: see you do big things. You don't have time for anything else. Well you've been given permission. It takes one person to give you permission and say, show up in your life. Thanks for listening to the Uncomfortable Grace Podcast.
1: Here, we are inviting men and women who demonstrate great levels of self-compassion, risk, brave decision-making, and uncomfortable seasons to hold space for themselves and allow us to take a peek in at the process. Questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Tell us your story. Find us on Instagram or shoot us an email at... Uncomfortable Grace Podcast at gmail.com. Music from our episode is from MixOnd, and you can find them at Bandcamp.com. Thanks to our producer, Kayleen, and Studio Hall for the recording space. Like, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you listen. This week's episode is sponsored by Danny Hall Photography. You can find him on Instagram at Danny Hall11.